1: All right, here we go. Good morning. Welcome to the Gary Harris Show for this Thursday, October 5, 2023. I'm your host, Gary Harris, talking sports and more the next couple of hours here on the Big Tide 100.9 FM. And I want to mention to you that Tide 100.9 has a new way that uh, you can listen to us. West Alabama's only sports talk station can now be heard on WTBC, 1230 AM. That's right, the classic Radio call letters WTBC 1230 AM are now carrying, those call letters now mean that you're listening to Tide 100.9 on 1230 WTBC. It's just great news for us. Our FM signal is stronger. Our AM signal under those classic call letters WTBC. So I'm going to look forward to saying you're listening to Alabama Sports Radio, WTBC 1230 AM and 100.9 FM, and Tide109.com, the flagship home of Alabama football. So how about that? That's uh, something to be excited about, I think, here with uh, us here at Tide100.9 FM. And uh, and like I said, since I've been in Tuscaloosa, those call letters, WTBC 1230 AM, have meant something, and uh, we're excited to be carried now on. The AM dial as well. We got a good show on tap that I'll run down for you. I got Justin Jones right there on the other side of the glass. Manning the controls, taking your phone calls on the First Domain Condo's hotline at 205-342-9904. Of course, Noah Haynes, been in all morning long. He helps us out as well. So we are ready to go. This hour, the Gary Harris Show being brought to you, as always, by Alabama Credit Union, member-owned and not-for-profit Alabama Credit Union uh, reminds you that convenience and savings make life better. The ACU Lifestyle Account is available. Learn more at alabamacu.com. That's alabamacu.com. Alabama Credit Union. Loans for real life. Some rules and restrictions do apply. See if you're eligible for membership. Then join today and feel good about your money. And put a little extra change in your pocket. All It's our Thursday lineup. That means the coach, Ellis Johnson, will be with us at 9.30 this morning to discuss uh, SEC football. Then at 10 o'clock, it's the Falcons report with D. Orlando Ledbetter, Falcons beat writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, AJC.com. Falcons got off to that fast start at 2-0, but they've lost their last two games now to fall even on the season at 500 at 2-2. and Then at 10.30, it's uh, my pal Jeff Spiegel, longtime sports anchor, ABC 3340 and host of... The zone. He'll be with us at uh, 10.30 this morning, plus Nick Saban press conference from Wednesday evening. Uh, Justin will send me those clips, and we'll get some of those on for you as well if we can do so. But as I said, too, I would love to take your phone calls. Been busy with phone calls this week. Uh, Keep that going if you'd like. 205-342-9904 is the number. Of course, Alabama continues to get ready for that game at Texas A&M on Saturday afternoon. Crimson Tide is a a two-and-a-half-point favorite over the Aggies. And the winner in this game, uh, while not guaranteed anything, will be in the uh, favorite seat to win the SEC West as they'll be the only undefeated team left in the SEC West as far as conference play is concerned. Everybody else other than Alabama... And Texas A&M already have a loss or two losses. So it doesn't take long in this conference <clears throat> to fall behind. And um, Alabama will be looking to not fall behind. They'll be looking to be on top after Saturday's game at uh, College Station. Of course, Major League Baseball playoffs are underway. Wild card playoffs. All three are all four series are already over. Best two out of three. Texas took care of Tampa Bay uh, seven to one, they win that series two games to none. Minnesota beat Toronto two to nothing. They advance. Arizona. This is a surprise. The Diamondbacks upset the Brewers five to two. And not that Arizona isn't a good team, but that's a break for the Dodgers. I think to get to face Arizona rather than Milwaukee, and Philadelphia disposed of the Miami Marlins seven to one. So the Braves have the very unenviable task of taking on the Phillies, the team that knocked them out. Of the playoffs last year. And, of course, Philadelphia went on to the World Series. So no uh, wild-card series will be taken to a third game. And that's good for all those teams that won because now they get a little more rest and don't have to stress their pitching as much as they would have if uh, they'd had to play a third game going into the divisional series. College football last night, and what can you say about Rich Rod and the Jacksonville State Gamecocks? I mean, they uh, they haven't lost a, a conference game in the two years that he's that he's been there. And they moved to Conference USA this year. They're not eligible for the championship, but they moved to 3-0 in conference play. They were down 23-7 to at the half in Murfreesboro against Middle Tennessee. And not only did Jacksonville State come back to win the game, uh, they came back to win it in dominant fashion. They outscored the Blue Raiders 38-7 in the second half. They wound up winning that game 45-30. That is a phenomenal, phenomenal um, comeback. And JSU goes to 5-1 and one on the season, as I said, 3-0 and o in Conference USA. And um, you've got to give it up to the Gamecocks. I mean, they're an impressive team. Unfortunately, like I said, they are not eligible for the Conference Championship because it's their first year in the league. But um, Gamecocks are a good football team. You know, Rich Rodriguez. We know what he did at West Virginia, and was offered the job at Alabama. Wound up coaching at Michigan, and now he has seemed to have found himself a home over in Jacksonville, Alabama, with the Gamecocks. And uh, what they're doing is uh, is rather impressive, uh, as far as the NFL is concerned. As I said, we will have um, the Orlando Ledbetter on to talk Falcons, but I'm I'm really interested in you know because I call it sports and more. And Justin, you you may have some thoughts on this. Um, I, I don't know how to feel about this Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift deal. Hey, listen, it's their business. And but where I'm going with this is, I feel like the NFL <laughs> has. Has, has taken advantage of this. And I'm not saying you shouldn't be trying to bring more eyes to your product. I'm not saying that um, that's what you do. This is a business. This is marketing. Uh, and 27 million viewers for the Chiefs-Jets game, that was the most watched show since the Super Bowl. And I think in addition to the game, there were a lot of people tuned in because of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Do you think the NFL is overdoing it? I mean, you're a, you're a, I, again, I know you're in the entertainment business. I know you're trying to get people to watch, but I can't turn on, and, and I'm not talking about out, I'm not talking about TMZ. I'm talking about NFL shows. I can't turn on an NFL show and not be told the latest on Travis Kelsey and, and Taylor Swift. I guess I'm in the minority, but I really don't care. That's not why I tune into an NFL show. That's why you haven't heard me talking about. Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, good for them. But do I have to listen and hear and watch everything about them when I'm trying to watch a football show?
2: Yeah, I th- I think it's just this is the biggest opportunity the NFL has had in growing their viewership. And I, w- I don't want to say the game, but, you know, this is what they've been trying to do, going to London, going to Germany this year, going to Mexico. But now they're actually reaching an audience that they've been out of touch with and not even been able to capture, which is the young young women of the world. <laughs> the you know what their Democratic.
1: Instagram bio read after the Jets game? This is the NFL's, and I don't have Instagram, but I'm reading it off a story on ESPN. The NFL Instagram bio read Chiefs are 2-0 as Swifties. Chiefs are 2-0 as Swifties, while on its bio on X, it read NFL... Taylor's version. So, but you're right, though, Justin, at the end of the day, 27 million viewers is 27 million viewers. And that's, as I said, the highest-rated television program since the Super Bowl. So you figure if that's a normal Jets-Chiefs game without Taylor Swift, it probably would have been very much a normal rating. There's probably another 8 to 10 million viewers that tuned in because of what's going on with those two.
2: I think we're also getting to the point where the Chiefs are kind of in that point of their dynasty where pop culture is, is starting to just rise with them. They're starting to become more celebrity than they are athletes. And I think Taylor Swift just put powder on that situation and it's exploded.
1: Well, it's something else. Uh, what exactly it is, I'm not sure. I, I, I think it's, uh, but you know what, though? It is what it is. She's a super celebrity. You know, she's traveling with an entourage. Um, she's, I guess, at the the Jets game, it wasn't just her. It was, uh, who's the guy that's an actor that owns this the phone company? Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds and his wife. And Hugh Jackman And as Hugh well. Jackman was there. Uh so it's yeah it's you know I guess it's normal that the NFL would cash in on this but it's uh, and and I think she's very talented. I'm not a Taylor Swift hater. In fact, I remember you guys might not know this. When I was cuz it's been she came to Tuscaloosa and and went to a prom with a Hillcrest quarterback. Like maybe maybe it's been 20 years ago. Yeah, sure did. When she was just really getting going some kind of promotion thing, and she came to Tuscaloosa and went to the prom with the quarterback at Hillcrest High School at the time, and that's something. All right, it's nine twelve. We're off and running. I'd love to take some phone calls. Uh, We'll have some Nick Saban clips for you from yesterday's press conference. Also, as I said, uh, coming up at 9.30, the coach, Ellis Johnson. D. Orlando Ledbetter at 10, Jeff Spiegel at 10.30. And when we come back on the other side, we'll get to uh, the phone calls. Tom is ready to go. Tom, we'll get to you on the other side of the break. This is the Thursday edition of the Gary Harris Show being brought to you by Alabama Credit Union and now can be heard on WTBC 1230 AM. We're back after this. Patterson Comer is dedicated to serving our clients. Fitness Free has evolved. It will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the Free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meat and 3 Special. Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m. Get a Meat and 3 Vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch Soup, Salad, or Sandwich Combo. I'll see you at the Free. Life doesn't wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just- like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And of course, you can find Las Tarasco's in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Las Tarasco's features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, remember, the name is Las Tarasco's with locations in Tuscaloosa and Northport.
0: Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa 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 weather clouds increasing
3: today the high for this afternoon around 83 for tonight mostly cloudy the chance of a shower after midnight the low 66 for tomorrow mostly cloudy and cooler with a few showers possible during the day the high 79 I'm James Spam on the ABC 3340 weather center on tide 100.9 it's 72 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
0: You see him on WVUA twenty three covering sports, and on Tider Insider TV on Tuesday nights. Don't miss a minute of the Gary Harris Show weekdays from nine to eleven on Tide one hundred point nine.
1: I knew this was coming. I could. Have, I could. Have, I could have predicted this. We may get Taylor Swift music the entire show today. You know, we're 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 Swifties now. We're we're on the bandwagon with the NFL with uh, with Taylor Swift. I did recognize that song. Uh, I don't know how many of her songs I would recognize, but I recognize that one. Let's jump out on the first of main condos hotline at 205-342-9904. three four two nine nine four. I'm sure Tom is a Swiftie down there in Aliceville. I'm sure he's got, I'm sure he's got Taylor Swift uh, posters in his uh, in his den and and uh, knows all the big hits. Well. Number one,
4: Gary, I'm disappointed in you because you recognize that song. <laughs> second second thing is that uh, I have granddaughters that are in high school, right? So you know what that means.
1: That means they, and, love, they uh, love Taylor Swift.
4: Oh, my God. They just think she's great. Thanks to sliced bread. And um, anyway, you know how it is with kids. They, they enjoy their thing and, I don't I don't condemn them for it uh, I, I don't think uh, other than, uh, than uh, you know lots of money and everything like that I, I think uh, Taylor's quite she's achieved beyond her talent I will say that and uh, uh, and, and whoever markets her is a genius and oh, no doubt, um, man. Uh, and that that's where that's where her power lies. And uh, then third, I've got four things. The third uh, is that uh, you're familiar with Joe, uh, the caller from Northport that calls in your show and uh, Coach Sanderson and Barry's show. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And and I consider him to be the uh, the best caller of all the shows on the radio shows. And I'm and and, and I'm trying to uh, get ahead of him. Uh, and being a better caller than he is. So far, I have not achieved that. And then I'm jealous of Joe because his granddaughters are outstanding golfers. And, uh, and I'm jealous of that. And uh, Joe, I've got you in my crosshairs, and, but my bullets ain't getting nowhere. You know what I mean? And, uh, and the fourth thing I wanted to bring up, uh, you brought up an interesting subject on the NFL's role in the in the Swifty craze that's going on through the NFL with Elsie and, and her and their courtship and all that kind of good stuff. And I say all that to bring this up, that I read an article that Barry and Coach Sanderson made fun of me for when I called in and pointed it out to them, is that the new currency in our society now is attention. That's the new currency. Mm. And I pointed that out. And uh, uh, and then when you brought up Taylor Swift, I thought, you know, the NFL is not dumb. They know the new currency in this country and in this society is attention. In other words, if I can get those clicks, and we've been saying it on here for years, well, two years, that that article is about getting clicks. You know what I mean? Right. And, and, and clicks mean attention. Sure. And attention – is converted into dollars, Olivia Dunn, L S U gymnast, and uh and others. Uh Paige Renee and uh Renee Sporanic and all such as that. And uh, uh they they couldn't make it. Uh Paige even went as far as they look I wasn't very good at golf, but I tell you what, I got this internet thing down pat and she does. And uh you see what I'm you see where I'm going with yeah, this. Absolutely. I agree with Smith you thing yeah. It's just another example of the new currency
1: in our society. Do you agree or disagree with my assumption? No, I, I, I pretty much agree. Yeah, I, I do. And uh, you know, we've always had uh, most of us have have longed for attention, but now it is. You're right. People have been able to turn it into a turn it into a business, and with the you know with the internet and social media. Uh, the world has given opportunities that were never ever given out in the history of the world. Uh, opportunities for people now to, as you said, um, just absolutely cash in on. And no, no, I'm not. I'm not putting Taylor Swift in this group because Taylor Swift is a talented artist. She would have been a talented artist whether without the internet. But you're right. There are the, the social influencers. But, that, that, wait a minute, Tommy.
4: Let me let me add something there. You're right. Yeah, she would have made fine... Uh, singing her songs and doing her dances. That's, that's true enough. But look at the expansion of her wealth and attention and ability to sell things because
1: of the internet. Oh, there's no doubt. But there, But there are others who don't have her talent, who can't right. write songs, who can't play right. instruments, who can't dance, that have made a lot of money as social influencers, true. basically just simply because in a lot of cases, as you said, they're attractive. And people, right. people want to look at attractive people. And so some of these, whether they're, the, you're right, the golfers that walk around in the little short golf skirts and hit golf shots or whatever they may do, uh, some of them are honest. They just say, hey, I'm attractive, I like golf, and I'm going to make little golf videos that show me playing golf in very uh, – um,
2: well, clothing to that and and that's, that's my talent. My off.
1: talent, my talent is that I'm, I'm attractive and I'm going to make videos and I'm well, going to make a lot of money. That's their talent.
4: Paige, Paige Sporanic, and, uh, and and, 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 get that, that gets girl, uh, that's going with, uh, Dustin Johnson, uh, Paulina, uh, Gretzky. They said this one time, I tried to get that dress on. I almost missed. And, uh but uh and that turned into a lot of click but uh you know what i mean but yeah. it, it's a fact that uh it, it's interesting to some degree sad to another degree that that the world is that shallow you know <laughs> if you would and uh uh but at the same time it is what it is and uh it, it's kind of
1: interesting to watch. It's very interesting to watch. And, you know, if you look back in the history of time, we've always, I say we as a population of people, as, a, as, a, as, as people have been, a, you know, fascinated by celebrities, been fascinated by uh, royalty, okay. been fascinated by uh, high-profile political figures. And, and now you're just right. It's, it's, it's just so much easier to get in the spotlight. I mean, <clears throat> you know, 100 years ago, you had to either be born into it, you had to, and of course, with the advent of, you know, motion pictures, you know, you become a, a, a film celebrity. But uh, to be a celebrity was a lot harder, uh, you know, than it is now. And uh, now we have I people, agree. and, and it, for better or for worse, you're right, Tom, we have people that are famous for, you know what, being famous. Nothing. We don't, course, we don't, we don't, we're not even sure how they're or why they're famous, but they are. And uh, it's crazy.
4: You know uh Melanie Griffith, I'm sure you're familiar Former with. Former actress, lot of my the actress work. yeah,
1: who was married to Don right, Johnson for a while, yeah, a great,
4: right? Yeah, great great actress and uh, uh and I like her. She comes from a line. Her mother uh was a actress and, and famous in Hollywood, so forth. And, and but you know, when, when uh I read things uh by Melanie, she cannot stand she hates the Kardashians. And, and, but, and the reason she does, she goes, here I am, I busted my buns trying to build a reputation being an actress all these years. They show up and they drop their drawers and God knows they're, they're more famous than anybody. And, uh, and I thought that was funny on her part uh, to say that. And some of these, these girls that's been in Hollywood, you know, for a long time, uh, they don't like these people that's got these big money and reputations for doing nothing.
1: Yeah, man. I'm t- <laughs> well, you uh, did you were you inspired by us talking about Kelsey and Swift to this? Did you already thought this no, out?
4: No, I, I, I'm like everybody else. I'm I'm, a, I'm gullible. I, I follow the story, and uh, and my my thing was why. You know, that was my question. Why? Why is this such a, a big story? Why is it so interesting? And so uh, I've been looking for the answer to that. And in the meantime, you can't help but you know pick up on some of the things
1: that's going on with it all right tom nice observations See you, buddy. stick enjoy to, sp- to sports tom <laughs> i'm just kidding all right uh we're getting ready for the coach ellis johnson coming up in the next segment always enjoy visiting with him hey i want to talk to you about uh hair et cetera salon and spa i put it out on my facebook page yesterday i'm now getting my haircut uh at hair Etc. Salon and Spa down on Highway 69 South. Andrea did it for me yesterday, and man, I love it. It's it's tight, uh, nice and tight around the sides, just the way I like it. And uh, this salon is top notch, man. They've got uh, they've got everything from, of course, getting your hair done, obviously, which is why a lot of men and women go there too. But they've got facials. Um, I mean, full service. Hair, facials, lashes, massages—I mean, anything that you can want. And the salon is still being completed, but it is beautiful. It is spacious, and I'm excited to be a, a client at Hair, etc. And um, would love for you to try it out as well. Down on Highway 69 South, and uh, easy to find, easy to uh, navigate, and a great, great place hair, etc. salon, and spa. All right, when we come back, we're going to get online with uh, Coach Ellis Johnson and uh, talk some SEC football. That's coming up next right here on the Gary Harris Show on TIE 100.9 FM.
4: Built to win. Ball
0: game, Alabama wins. Built for championships. Heading for the pylon.
3: Get the race. Wins the race. Touchdown,
0: Alabama. Built by Bama. Crimson Tide, play here. Join us Saturday as the Crimson Tide take on Texas A&M at Kyle Field. Our coverage begins at 1130
1: on your home for Alabama football. Brought to you by Birmingham Racecourse. BirminghamRacecourse.com. You can be a winner, too. 2011 Billy Sports Grill, located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport, has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big-screen, high-definition televisions, both dining rooms, at the bar, and outside on the beautiful patio. Come by and say hello to Kim and Lisa, the Billy's management dream team. Billy's, good food, good friends, and good time. Tuscaloosa's Old Colony Golf Course is an 18-hole championship layout designed by 1976 U.S. Open champion Jerry Pate. Director of Golf John Gray and fitting specialist Bob Montgomery are PGA-certified. Mike Shivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure a tee time at the Tuscaloosa Championship Golf Course. Everyone can play. 205-562-3201. Old Colony is operated by Para. Los Tarascos has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And of course, you can find Los Tarascos in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Los Tarascos features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, remember the name is Los Tarascos with locations in Tuscaloosa, and Northport.
0: Where the season never ends. This is your home of Alabama sports. Tide 129 It's streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
1: South Carolina's very own Hootie and the Blowfish welcome us back into the program. And we hear that tune, you know, we're ready to go up to Columbia, South Carolina, and talk with the coach, Ellis Johnson, longtime SEC uh, defensive coordinator, former college head coach, and uh, living the good life now, but uh, breaking down SEC football for us every week. Good morning, coach. Good morning, Gary. Let's dive right in. Uh, we got some teams on by this week after that big SEC uh, versus SEC weekend. All seven games uh, were SEC versus SEC last week. Before we move on to this week, just some of your, your takeaways from last week, whether it be uh, Georgia, Auburn, um, you know, Missouri continuing to win. What were uh, some of the takeaways that you had from last weekend? We're
5: starting to get some a little bit clearer picture on who's literally, you know, got a shot at the thing and who doesn't. Uh, I thought the the Alabama win kind of brought to the, the, the light what they are and what they're going to have to be to continue to be successful. And, uh, you know, the Georgia win, I thought Auburn really played well. Uh, they just don't have all the tools yet. You know, they just missing some things depth wise. And I think one of the quarterbacks is hurt. So they're, they're really improved under you, but they're just not, they don't have the guys to play up in that top half yet. Uh, the I thought the win at Tennessee versus South Carolina was kind of important after what happened last year, and they certainly convincingly won that ball game. One of the most interesting ones there
1: to me was Florida. Kentucky. Yeah, me too. And
5: I don't. I, it really surprised me. I'm not surprised that Kentucky won the game at home eventually, but it was pretty much a, a lopsided affair. I can't figure out who Florida is. One week they look like their team you decide who's going to win the thing, and the other. Another week, they don't look like they even belong in the conference. Totally unlike Billy Napier. I've known Billy since he played in college. I coached against him when he was quarterback at Furman. And uh, it's not a team that's reflective of how I think he approaches things. I'm not sure what the issue is. I guess they need to get another couple of good recruiting classes.
1: also that Ole Miss-LSU game. Uh, I mean, you got over 1,300 yards of offense. I mean, it really was going to come down to uh, the final play of the game, and and Ole Miss took the lead late, and then LSU went right back down the field. I guess give Ole Miss credit. I guess the defense made a play when they had to at the end of the game. But um, big win for Ole Miss, but but just – The lack of defense in that game. I mean, it was. I mean, you got to give the offenses credit. I understand that, but this was an Ole Miss team that was held to ten points the week before by Alabama. They go to they go for over fifty against LSU. What did you make of that one? Yeah, I
5: don't know how I left that one out. Just running through the conference, but thank God you you remembered it. LSU secondary. I, I think they've got a couple of transfers back there or something, and they're supposed to be highly regarded. Uh, you know, I saw them against Florida State in the first game, saw almost the whole thing, and they're just not that good out back. Uh, and we know Ole Miss is good on offense, and uh, as you said, there wasn't much defense on the field, but I think there's a lot of speed. Uh, both teams have good quarterbacks, uh, Different a little bit in their own right, but uh, it's just the old saying, whoever had the ball last. And uh, I do credit LSU, excuse me, Ole Miss' defense, like you said, for making a critical stop at a critical time and give them a shot. I don't know where these two teams finish as poor as they're playing defense. Uh, and it's a shame because they're, they're good football teams, but they just aren't consistent on defense.
1: Been, been a wacky season so far. All right, let's get to this weekend, and let's start with uh, – Alabama and Texas A&M because they're the only two unbeaten teams in the conference uh, in the West Division already. It's down to just those two and not that it guarantees them an SEC West Division, but there's no doubt the winner of this game is is in in the catbird seat, at least for now. Alabama going out there. The Tide's a two and a half point favorite, which I'm a little surprised by that. But you look at this A and M team at home with that defensive front; they've just been wreaking havoc. Uh, Johnson's doing a good job at quarterback. If I'm an A and M fan, Ellis, I'm saying, if not now, when? I mean, you know, we've recruited well. Program's established. Um, you've got. Texas and Oklahoma coming in next year, so it's only going to get tougher. If I'm an A&M fan, I'm saying this is our time, this is our year. Uh, but for that to happen, you probably need to win Saturday. Yep,
5: no question. And, and mathematically, they look like they got the best chance to, to knock Alabama off. But Ole Miss could still do it if somebody beats Alabama twice, but I don't think that's going to happen. So, you know, this might be the game for the West, as early as it is in the year. And you know, I think the way Texas A&M is playing defense – but the way Alabama's playing defense, I, I think this just boils down to which defense can cause the other quarterback to make some mistakes. And uh, the, the reason Alabama had a dominant win the other day is they played tremendous defense, and uh, Milro took care of the ball. Uh, his completions and so forth, hits, long ones and so forth, but under 200 yards passing, that's not what he does well. He, he runs on the football well. And if they'll take care of the football and they just play to their defense, I think they're, they're playing good football. But if they want to go back and try to open up the offense again, and I understand how it is to coach a kid, you can't go out and coach him three days a week. Oh, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this. They want him to run the offense and take the throws down the field that are there. But uh, more times than not, when he does, good things are not happening. The Texas AM's lost their starter. They did have a good battle for that job, so the kid, uh, uh, Johnson's a good quarterback. He apparently wasn't as good as Wegman, but, uh, you know, he he threw two picks the other day. And if they, if they can get him to throw two picks, Alabama's going to win. If they can get uh, Mill to throw two picks, Texas A&M might win. But it's going to be kind of the opposite of that game Ole Miss and LSU we were just talking about. It's going to be who takes care of the football and which defense can create the most problems for the other team.
1: So how do you see it? Who do you, who do you like in this game?
5: I still think Alabama will win. I, 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 I just kind of feel like they figured out who they are, Gary, what they can do and what they can't do. And uh, they've had two good wins in a row now with that formula. And, and I, I just feel like that's what they're going to be the rest of the year. I look for them to win out. But they've still got a tough, tough road. I mean, they've still got Tennessee and LSU, but they got them at home. And they got to go to Auburn, and they're better than Auburn this year. That's always a crazy game. So you're on their home field. So I think it's going to come down to them having a shot at Georgia again. And right now they're not good
1: enough to beat Georgia. But by then they may be. Let's get to uh, Kentucky at Georgia. Because suddenly uh, this game, you know, looks winnable for Kentucky. And now they'll have to play well. But you look at what they did to Florida. and, And Ray Davis just absolutely ripping through that that Florida defense. Uh, Kentucky's a physical football team on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, Stoops has been there a long time. They've got a culture now. The only thing they haven't been able to do is, is kind of like we're talking about with AM, is that, you know, take that, take that step and, and get to Atlanta. This is their opportunity. Even though it's in Athens, this is a Georgia team that's a good football team. There's no doubt about that. But they needed that late Brock Bowers touchdown uh, catch last week at, to win at Auburn. And, um, you know, I know Kentucky's biting at the bit. So this is, this is their shot. And, you know, we'll, we'll sit here next week and say, well, Kentucky was for real or it was just another uh, mirage. Kentucky went into Georgia and couldn't get it done. But this is a good-looking game on paper and a game that I think a lot of people think Kentucky has a shot in.
5: Yeah, I think they do. I don't think they can go 60 minutes, but we'll see. Uh, the Leary kid was 9 of 19 for 69 yards. Three point six yards of average completion.
1: Yeah, he didn't throw it he a throw
5: lot. Throw an interception. <laughs> but I mean, he won. He was on the winning team there.
1: I know. I know. <laughs>
5: I, mean, I just don't see it. Now, you, you take that down to Georgia, and you try to be one dimensional against them. I, I just
1: don't. See so you it. tell me, David said you're going to go for three hundred against Georgia <laughs> against Florida. Huh? I don't think so. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's going to be as long as
5: it's Georgia, not Georgia Tech. Yeah, I don't think you going to get. Yeah, but uh, you know, they didn't turn it over. It was it was it was stupid football. I mean, it was just like you said. He's got a culture there now, and they believe in what their way of doing it is. And and the bottom line is, uh, they beat the heck out of Florida. And I mean, I still, I don't know who Florida is right now. But, uh, they can't go down there and upset them. Georgia has been kind of slow starters this year, and Beck is not nearly as explosive with you know running that offense. And I think he's just now kind of feeling his weapons. They got McConkie back about a week ago and then it's starting to spread the ball around a little bit. To be honest with you, Bob Bowers is not having their season he was having last year. And I think it's because they haven't been able to get in the ball on the tight plays that can make him go. But they got it to him late last game. And I just don't see Kentucky being able to do this, especially on on Georgia's home field. But their formula's do it. They'll have to get some takeaways. They'll have to find some way to you know, keep back from getting going and and contain those receivers somehow. And then they'll have
1: a chance. But I just don't see it. The coach, Ellis Johnson with us, breaking it down in the SEC, are another really interesting matchup. And another one of these teams, uh, even though Missouri, I think people forget under Pinkle, they went to Atlanta a couple of times, but Missouri is unbeaten. And they now are at home against an LSU team that while explosive on offense, as you've already alluded to, man, they can't, they can't, Slow down, running water on, on on defense right now. Is this a game where Missouri can uh, can win and and keep their hopes for the SEC East alive, or is this a game where LSU gets uh, gets healthy against an opponent that uh, maybe on paper a little stronger than they are in reality? How do you how do you see this game playing out? Yeah,
5: I, I think Missouri is five and zero right now, quietly in the race, but you know for the division. But I, I don't think they've really played, not even half their schedule. And I mean that by competitive opponents. They got about four teams left on the schedule. They're going to be an underdog. Uh, LSU right now, uncharacteristically bad on defense, but they're coming off of a stinging loss. Uh, I, I just, they're at LSU. I'm, mean, excuse me, they're at Missouri, but I don't, I don't know. I just don't think Missouri is going to be able to. To keep this up, their schedule is backloaded. Right. They've got LSU. They've still got to go to Kentucky, go to Georgia. Uh, they've got Tennessee and Florida coming in. Uh, they haven't really played their schedule yet, but I tell you, he, Eli's done a great job. Big win over Kansas State. And, and they, you know, again, they're sitting there five and oh, Brady Cook right now is playing as good as any quarterback in the comp. And I think the story of the SEC this year is. Quarterbacks are not really good players. Uh, they're not they're not really good quarterbacks. Let me put it that way. You got a lot of athletes playing quarterback, and they're inconsistent. But I mean, he set an NCAA, uh, SEC record the other day for the most attempts without an interception, and nobody probably knows about it. He hadn't thrown an interception, Gary, since last October.
1: That's impressive. So
5: I, I just think you know, Eli is just doing a heck of a job, but I don't see them being able to down through that schedule but they do have a home home game against lsu is not playing as well as I thought they would it's very possible they can pull this upset i don't think they will but i it would this one would not surprise me at all
1: as we stated last week was all sec versus sec and now this week uh, some teams are on bye and some teams are playing weaker opponents but an interesting game in oxford because um you know, Nick Saban likes to say it's a process, and it is. But you and I both know it's a results-oriented business. And and think about an outcome, how it can impact a coach. If Ole Miss gives up that throw at the end and loses that game, the mood in Oxford, Mississippi, I'm not sure they would be trying to run him and Golding out of there. Uh, I'm talking about Kiffin, but Ole Miss won that game. So, and it was the win that he needed. And um, now all of a sudden, you know, Ole Miss is viewed differently. Kiffin's viewed differently. And they get a, a really struggling Arkansas team coming in to Oxford. But we've seen this in the past from Ole Miss. We've seen them inexplicably drop a game that they shouldn't drop. I think they better be mindful of, of Arkansas. They better be ready to go on on Saturday night there at home or that Joy could be short-lived. I know Arkansas is not playing great, but they're capable.
5: Yeah, it's a hard matchup to figure out. I, I don't know. Arkansas gave up seven sacks the other day. Texas A&M's defense is probably as good as theirs in the league. Uh, they, you know, the story of Texas A&M should all be the defense, but it's Bobby Petrino and Jimbo Fisher. And if you go back and look at it, set the Miami game. Their defense has been been lights out all year, kind of carrying the football team. I Arkansas is struggling on offense. Uh, they were horrendous last week. And uh I just they didn't even reach two hundred yards, Gary. I I can't Ole Miss I think will probably win the game and I, I think they'll win it double digits. I uh, I think that they'll probably get, get uh up in the twenties or thirties and I just I don't know unless Arkansas finds some kind of figure it out somehow. I mean it's just their offense is just that. And, and I know Ole Miss's defense is not good statistically, but they have speed on defense. I thought they were very physical against Alabama.
6: Mm-hmm. It
5: just didn't match up very well. I, I really think Ole Miss gets it done at home, uh, gets it kind of turned and they've still got a pretty good run to go on their schedule. I, I don't think they're good enough defense to do it. Mathematically, they could be right back in the picture if Alabama stumbled with somebody else.
1: Coach, you mentioned Florida and having to there. You're right. They're helter skelter, man. One week to the next, and and just got. I mean, just got manhandled at at Kentucky. But if you're in the SEC, and I I, can't, I hate to say this, but it's the truth. And and you need a you need a get well pill. It's usually Vanderbilt. So Florida goes home to the swamp and and should be able at least for this Saturday to kind of get back on track. Uh, I like Carlton Lee. I've I've told you that. I'm impressed with him, but. At the end of the day, man, Vanderbilt just—they're—they're uh, they're the tonic for most of the teams in this league, and uh, you have to figure Florida will get well on Saturday against the Commodores.
5: Yeah, I mean, back home they played some really good football at home, but they've been terrible on the road, and maybe there's some correlation with that. But I do think you're exactly right. I don't think Vandy has a good shot at them. Uh, they play very consistent football. They don't—they don't beat themselves a whole lot, but. They just don't have the people to match up right now. And I, I can't see them. I, I think Florida win the football game. And Florida needs to worry about Florida. Uh, they need to be a lot better football team when they leave the field than they were seven days ago. Well, they've got a tough road ahead. Uh, you know, the Bandys, I think the Bandys running back had a bunch of yards on them last year. I mean, up to like 160 or something like that. But So it, it would be the same scenario as what Kentucky did to them. So hopefully they'll play better, and I think they're that much better than Kentucky, but they've got to get their defense, their run defense particularly, straightened out, and uh, hope this is the week to do it, I guess.
1: There's only one other game in the SEC this week, and, and that's uh, that's Mississippi State, uh, one of your former schools, taking on Western Michigan. Uh, Bulldogs need a win badly. Um, we talked a little bit about Zach Garnett last week. I think he's a good young defensive coordinator i I I hate to say over his head, but he got let's be honest, unfortunate circumstances with Mike Leach passing away led to Zach Arnett getting that head job. I'm not sure that I'm I'm just not sure that, that he's he's ready to be in that position. Um what do you see from Mississippi State and, and is Zach Arnett uh, gonna be able to, to hold on to that job over there in Starkville? I you know, I think he
5: got Belpa a bad hand. And whether he's a good head coach or not, I don't think this is a fair way to judge uh, the situation, the way it occurred. The one thing is hindsight. He's got to run it the way he wants to run it. But trying to change that style of offense, cold Turkey, to a totally different approach, I think really uh, put his best weapon uh, out of commission. And Will Rogers has just not been able to be Will Rogers. And they don't have the personnel to. They power-run football and throw the ball a little bit. Their best offensive game was against Carolina the other day, and uh, it was all you know throwing the football around a little bit. I don't know whether they just happened on it or if they worked on it or what the deal is. And they go right back the past week and go back to trying to run the football. They ran it for 150-some yards on Alabama, but I mean they didn't throw with fun. It's just a shame that he's having to play in that system. But as far as Zach, I mean, he has to run it the way he wants to. Uh, the only chance they got is to get back running the football and, and quit throwing interceptions. But uh, I just feel bad for Will Rogers as much as anything. I think he was one of the better quarterbacks in the conference, and he's now kind of stuck in the system the way he can't succeed. They need a win against Western Michigan because they're going to have to get this one. And somehow maybe find one at Arkansas versus Southern Miss and then beat their rival. All of those are going to be hard to do. Maybe Southern Miss will be favored. But uh, they've got to try to get six wins and get in the bowl game, or I think it'll start to slide the wrong way for them.
1: Tennessee, South Carolina, and um, Auburn all on by this week. So they'll be back in action next week. Coach, great stuff as always. Appreciate it. Enjoy it, Garrett. Thank you. Coach Ellis Johnson, breaking it down in the SEC. We'll take a break, and uh, we'll come back and get Big T on the first and main condos hotlines. Big T, you hold tight. We'll get to you next. Real quickly, want to mention my friends at the YMCA, Jeff Knox, the CEO, and all the good folks there. They do it right. It's a great place to get fit, great community of people. I'll be headed over there about 1130 this morning to get a workout in myself. Check out the YMCA of Tuscaloosa. We'll be back with uh, a phone call and wrap up this first hour. Right here on TIE 100.9 FM and WTBC 1230 AM as well.
0: Football is back and no one. 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. Clouds increasing today.
3: The high for this afternoon around 83. For tonight, mostly cloudy. The chance of a shower after midnight below 66. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy and cooler with a few showers possible during the day. The high 79. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 75 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
0: You're listening to the Gary Harris Show. Goal line in touchdown Alabama. On your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
1: 953. Welcome back into the Gary Harris show. Let's jump out on the first and main condos hotline and welcome in Big T. Good morning, Big T. Good morning, Gary Harris. How are you? Doing well. Oh, it's 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 B T. Now, nah, okay. Bill Taylor. All right. They head you down. Head you down is Big T. And I was like, who's Big T? But well, it's my friend Bill Hi. Taylor. B T. Good morning, buddy. Yes, sir.
6: Yes, sir. Are you doing okay, Gary? Yes, sir. Uh don't uh uh when you asked me to pick the game a week before after.
1: Uh, how'd I do? Now, which game are we talking about now? The week before, I asked you. Yeah, which, when you picked, tell me Tell me the game that, that I asked you to pick. You have to remind me. Uh, I'll
6: take it, uh, it wasn't last week, the game, week four.
1: Alabama and Ole Miss? No, no. last week before. Okay, I'm not following you, Bill. You got to tell me what game. I, what game did I ask? If you? It might been Ole Miss. I don't. Know. Yeah, it was Alabama Ole Miss. That was the. the it was Alabama Miss State, State last week. But I assume you picked Alabama and got it right, right?
6: I was assuming. I had 24 14. Okay, yeah, you were pretty close. I was 10.
1: 10. Yeah, yeah, you were real close, man. Congratulations. Yeah, that's uh, thanks for reminding me. Yeah, you're pretty. You're pretty good. Pretty good picker. What are you picking, Alabama and Texas A and M? This coming week,
6: I think we will win. We just need to go out there and have a, you know, keep folks know what we need to do out there on the field. gear.
1: okay, all right. Well, that's I mean,
6: right. if, we, we, if we we, if the center come off to, you know, get the get that straightened out, and or, you know, keep doing a running game going, and I think we would maybe pass a little more.
1: And I think we'll do fine, don't you? Yeah, you're right. Get those snaps straightened out, control the line of scrimmage, uh, run the ball, and hit those passes when the opportunity presents themselves. Yeah, I think you got a pretty good formula. Uh, what? What? Give me a score, score prediction, BT. Uh, um,
6: well, we got a, a high school game this week playing uh, Dallas this week. Aca. Is. Yeah. Yeah. That's
1: cool. I think ACMD, uh, I think they'll take care of business in that one. I'm. Proud. Oh yeah, I do
6: too. Just, need, uh, just because it's a they ain't been beating no mean nothing. We gotta go out there and play.
1: That's right. That's right. Well, give me give me a score on Alabama and Texas A&M though. I want to hear your score prediction on that one. Uh, I say 35-21. All All right, BT. I'll make a note of it, buddy. Thanks for calling in, Bill. You're welcome. All right, Right BT checking in with us here. And that's going to wrap up the first hour. It's been brought to you by Alabama Credit Union, member-owned and not-for-profit. It's just a better way of banking. Another hour on the way. We'll get to D. Orlando Ledbetter with the Falcons report. Jeff Spiegel, try to get to some Nick Saban clips and also more of your phone calls. Uh, The uh, Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 FM and also... WTBC, 1230 a.m. And let me remind you as well, another three-digit code with a 30K workday payday is coming up at the start of the next hour for your chance to win cash on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9 is your home for the 30K workday pay. You can't win if you don't play, so grab another code at the beginning of the next hour right here on Tide 100.9 FM.
0: Your business. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a town square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. It's the Tide 100.9 30K Workday Payday. Win cash every weekday 8 to 5. Here's this hour's cash code. 677. Again, that's 677. The code is 677. Enter that code now on the Tide 100.9 app. Click on the 30K payday button and enter the code for a chance to win $30,000. Always live always local dependable news coverage the latest news only from the tuscaloosa thread newsroom
7: West Alabama Congresswoman Democrat Terry Sewell has told members of the Congressional Black Caucus the Supreme Court order for two majority minority districts in Alabama is just the beginning of a second civil rights movement. The new U.S. Drought Monitor released this morning by NOAA shows all of West Alabama
3: now in a moderate drought. And less than a tenth of an inch of rain forecast for tonight and tomorrow will do little to help. Fourteen wildfires are burning across Alabama at this hour. They range in size from five acres to 114 acres. For the
0: latest local news, News in Tuscaloosa, Alabama Sports Updates, and severe weather information, download the free Tuscaloosa Threat app, never pay for your news, and sign up for our daily newsletter with news updates. The Gary Harris Show, You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show, presented by Diet Pepsi, on your home for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
1: All right, here we go. Hour number two of the Gary Harris Show right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Gary Harris, Justin Jones with you. And this hour, the program being brought to you as always by Patterson Comer Attorneys at Law. And uh, I talk about them every day. Had Paul Patterson in studio yesterday. And a lot of law firms out there and a lot of uh, good law firms. But when it comes to personal injury firms, I'm telling you what, if I'm living in West Alabama, I want a West Alabama law firm. I want Patterson Comer. Feet on the ground. Look you in the eye. If it makes it to court, if they need to go to court, they'll be there with you in the courtroom. Paul Patterson's in Tuscaloosa, 205 345 1000. Mike Comer's in Northport, 205 759 3939. And you can find out more at PattersonComerLawFirm.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. All right. And some breaking news, too, before we get to D. Orlando Ledbetter on the First Amendment Condos Hotline. Uh, I've got it confirmed now with uh, Tom over at T-Town Men's Wear and T-Town Gallery. Our Bama football trivia contest tomorrow. Guess what we're giving away, Justin? A Jalen Milrow signed Alabama football. In fact, he's got a picture of Jalen signing it. We give away great gifts every Friday in our Bama football trivia, but this is this is something. You're not going to get a signed football by the Alabama quarterback just anywhere, let me tell you. In fact, you might not be able to get one anywhere else, but we will give one away tomorrow during the Gary Harris show with our Bama football trivia contest from T-Town Linsmore and T-Town Gallery in the University Mall. How about that? All right, let's welcome in the Atlanta Falcons beat writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, the AJC.com. D Orlando Letbetter for the Falcons Report. Good morning, Orlando. Hey, good morning, Gary. Thanks for having me on the show. Always a pleasure. Fast start for the Falcons, but we know this is the National Football League where the 32nd best team can beat the number one team. Uh, We've only got two unbeaten teams just four weeks into the season, the Eagles and the 49ers. And the Falcons now have, uh, I don't want to say hit the skids, but they've lost two in a row. And and quite frankly, uh, the game over in London against Jacksonville was by far their worst game of the season. They just didn't look good at all.
8: Yeah, no doubt falling behind seventeen to nothing and uh you know tried to claw back into it but uh couldn't sustain any offense for any periods of time. And uh that led to that twenty-three to seven defeat.
1: Now quarterback questions again with Ritter. Uh he had actually been doing a pretty good job and and I'm not saying that he played terrible, but Atlanta has some weapons, mainly with, with London and Pitts and he's not getting him the football. What's going on there, Orlando?
8: Yeah, I think he's uh, holding on to the ball too long sometimes, uh, not trusting what he sees, uh, staring down receivers, forcing it to Drake London, uh, you know, a lot of rookie quarterback mistakes. You know, the, um, the, the it's like that all around the league. It's only one quarterback in the league now with uh, 13 uh, years of experience. That's Stafford you got a lot of young guys out here uh, finding their way, and it's just going to be a matter of uh, how patient teams are going to be with the uh, young quarterback play.
1: Let me ask you about something that's getting floated around a little bit on the internet. Of course, you're my go-to guy, and it's probably nothing to it, but and it might have been more speculative before Justin Fields lit it up against the Broncos last week. But there's been a lot of talk about the Bears moving on from Justin Fields, about it not being a good fit, not working. Uh, we know he's got the talent. Uh, maybe similar to what the Jets are dealing with with Zach Wilson. We know Fields has got the physical ability. Is there any thought process in Atlanta about maybe trying to to make a deal for Justin Fields and bring him home? If they do,
8: that'd be a big admission um, that they were wrong. Back in 2021 when they could have drafted him. Um, you know, they, they they took Kyle Pitts instead. Justin was sitting there on the board to be had. So um, that would be an admission that they made a mistake, uh, that they, uh, you know, messed up by taking the tight end. You know, things change after the last couple of years, but they didn't like him then as a, uh, you know, person that could come in and run their uh, complex offense. Uh, so I don't think um, you know the Falcons would be a landing place for him now. Uh, you know, yeah, on paper it looks great. Yeah, get a running quarterback in here with Bijan, and you know, you know, make it fit him and not you know your system. But um, you know, they already passed on him. Unless their opinions have changed, um, you know, uh, I would think they would still do that. Although one other thing, though, um, Gary, Ryan Pace was the GM in, in Chicago when they drafted Fields, and he's here now, mm-hmm. Gary uh, Bond's assistant. So, uh, you know, maybe they do revisit that one and say, hey, circumstances have changed. But um, he's not um, – and Harry Douglas kind of stated it on, on one of the shows today that this complex is too uh, tough for him to drop in in the middle of the season and, and uh, you know, get things turned around here.
1: Fair enough. Uh, let's move on to, you know, maybe you looked at this game in the preseason and you said, you know, Falcons are going to beat the the Texans, but D'Amico Ryans, man, he's not wasting any time. Uh, and, and the Texans have won two in a row. They blew out the Steelers. C.J. Stroud is playing awesome. That defense is disruptive. All of a sudden, <laughs> the Falcons and Texans looks like a very competitive game and quite frankly a game that the Texans could win.
8: Yeah, no doubt. The Texans put up 30 in their last two games, 37 and 30 at um, over uh, Jacksonville, at, at Jacksonville, and then uh, 30 at home against the Steelers. Uh, so, um, uh, D.J. Stroud is figuring some things out here early. The Falcons, oh, you know, they, they have a little bit better defense than those two teams, so it'll be a little bit tougher. But, yeah, they, uh, you know, Houston's certainly coming in on the upswing. Whereas the Falcons are coming off two losses, so yeah, that might not be as such
1: a sure win as we had originally thought. What? Because uh, it is such an up and down uh, league, in every week. One one week you're you're the best thing since sliced bread. The next week, uh, you know what? People are doubting you. Just ask the Dolphins. But uh, but for the Falcons, uh, after getting off to those two wins, and then in the last couple of games. Um, you know not performing as well how, how do you get back on track What what is it like you cover an NFL team what's it like in an NFL team one week you're feeling confident and the next week there's more questions and there are answers uh how do you go back to the drawing board and, and try to fix it
8: yeah I think you know Gary that you know they don't tackle or do anything in exhibition season so these first four games are, are really the ex, what used to be the exhibition season so what you do from the four games here is you take what's worked and try to put it into a full game. Uh, you know, and a lot hasn't worked for them on offense. They have 45 possessions, only six touchdowns, only seven field goals. So, you know, you might have to dial some stuff back, play it closer to the vest. Right now, they've been able to get the ball to Bijan John Robinson and Johnny Smith. So that's your offense right now. That's what you do. And then, you know, add in the rest of the weapons as they go. Don't just throw it to people because they were a high draft pick. So uh, do what you can and, uh, you know, play good, solid football. Don't turn the ball over. And then when you can expand your offenses, uh, uh you know, weapons, you do that
1: what do you think of this team uh I know it, it it's you know preseason um you said it was still a lot of work to be done but because of the division they're in you know they 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 have a shot you've seen them now for four games are they about what you thought they would be better worse kind of where are the Falcons at in your opinion after these first four games
8: yeah um where's gary uh the defense is better though I thought that that was better but like I said the offensive numbers are um I thought you'd just be able to, you know, throw, uh, you know, quick outs and hit some of these deep balls. We we, they, we saw that they hadn't timed them up, so that was no surprise. And, uh, you know, we thought coming out they'd win uh, the first two and lose the second two. So, But then I had them winning the next five out of seven. So it's like their blast off time. It's time for them to start beating teams of um, equal or lesser talent and uh, doing it on a week-to-week basis. I mean – You got, uh, you know, the Bucs coming up. You got, uh, you know, Washington after Houston. And uh, then the Arizonas in there. You know, those are teams that, you know, you probably have a little bit more talent than. So you need to go ahead and win uh, win these games now.
1: To beat Houston, um, you mentioned the fact that their offense, Houston's offense has gotten it cranked up. Uh, Falcons going to have to score some points, you think? Or as you said, this is a better defense maybe than what Houston's fa- faced the last couple of weeks. Can they keep it down into the teens or 20s? Or do the Falcons need to, to look at uh, trying to light up the scoreboard a little bit in this one? No, they can't light up
8: the scoreboard yet. They're not, they haven't shown they're capable of that. <laughs> so, so, you got you to go with the defense and trying to uh, confuse the rookie. He did have some mistakes early on. Now you got four games of tape on him. You got to cover uh, Nico Collins. I mean, that's his favorite guy. Oh, yeah. and uh, Birmingham, Birmingham yeah, kid. Hill. Yeah, Birmingham went to Michigan. Yep, sure did. Yep. Yeah, but uh, you got to cover him. That's his favorite guy. And, uh, you know, take something away from him and make him not comfortable in the pocket.
1: Getting back to Ritter, because I I brought up the Justin Fields speculation and you did a, had a great answer on that. In the building... Because you know you know how important quarterback is in this league. It's a quarterback-driven league. Do you think that the management, the head coach Arthur Smith, they believe this is the guy, or do they f- believe that they're going to have to get another quarterback at some point? Where do you think Ritter is on the confidence scale of the Falcons organization?
8: I think they're hoping he's the guy. Uh, they thought he had the right makeup to to take off, but you know they got to be objective at the end of the day. You know, you got eight games into it. He's four and four. Hasn't really. He hasn't had a game over a hundred yards, a uh, 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 hundred passer rating. So you knew he was the manager, but but he's not even doing that for you. And then last week he threw the game away with the interception. So um, you know they got to be truthful about it. Uh, they knew they might. They knew they were going to be in the quarterback market early in their tenure. Um, They're trying to um, hit a home run in the third round, and if it doesn't work out, um, you know, you'll be back in there trying to get up in the Caleb Williams and uh, Drew Mays uh, derby next year.
1: Yep, that's true. All right, tell me your uh, your feeling on on Sunday. You think the Falcons get it done?
8: No, no, I don't um, because, uh, you know, just the lack of offense. And uh, I haven't seen, you know, Drake London, uh, Kyle Pitts. Now they're trying to say he's hurt unless they lean on Bijan Tyler gear and get some Carterrell Patterson in there and get the running game going uh this might be another tough one here for the Atlanta Falcons
1: jeez trending in the wrong direction all right we know you got the the um Bowtie Chronicles you're on social media of course ajc.com uh just let the listeners know how they can uh find you yeah they can find me on twitter at D-Orlando AJC, and uh
8: yeah we got special edition of the bowtie chronicles out there this week with uh jerome solomon and jonathan alexander from the houston chronicle helping us out to preview the game so gotta get ready to the game find that uh, find that uh podcast thank you so much gary
1: yeah thank you orlando appreciate you 10 14 here on the gary harris show this hour being brought to you by the law firm of patterson Comer. Right here in Tuscaloosa and Northport. All right, we're wide open for phone calls in the next segment, and uh, I'm going to talk more about the. Uh, listen, we give away great prizes every week. Like I said, I just gave away last week, courtesy of T Town Mentor and T Town Gallery, gave away a, a print from the 2017 um, National Championship team with, you know, Tua signing it, and Ridley signing it, and Devontae Smith signing it, and Najee Harris signing it. But tomorrow, to get a And we gave last year, we gave away a 2 signed football. But to get a signed football with the current Alabama quarterback, that's a big-time prize. So you folks better want to tune in tomorrow between 9 and 11. Also, and and I want to mention this, Justin, because Noah said last week, download the app. Yeah, uh, pull the mic up there and kind of explain how if people can't get through on the phone lines, because last week they were pretty much locked up, how they can enter their answer on the app.
2: So I'm not sure of the uh, specifics there, Gary, but we're going to have a link on the app, so Tide 100.9. You'll see a a little place to click. You click it, put in your answer. If it's correct or if it's wrong, I think we're going to see it regardless. But if it's correct, we'll see it from the app, and we'll be able to put you into our our wheel and and spin for a chance to to win the signed football.
1: Absolutely, man. So because last week I had some people tell me that they couldn't get through, uh, so you can now – You know, when I ask the trivia question, you can answer it on the app. So download that Tide 109 app to your phone or wireless device. All right, we'll be back with more of the Gary Harris Show. We're going to get to some Nick Saban clips from his Wednesday post-practice press conference. We'll do that next right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Hi, Barry Buckner here. And I want... This is Old Colony Golf Courses, an 18-hole championship layout designed by 1976 U.S. Open champion Jerry Pate. Director of golf, John Gray, and fitting specialist Bob Montgomery are PGA-certified. Mike Shivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure a tee time at the Tuscaloosa Championship Golf Course. Everyone can play. 205-562-3201 Tide 100.9,
3: Tuscaloosa weather. Clouds increasing today, the high for this afternoon around 83. For tonight, mostly cloudy. The chance of a shower after midnight below 66. For tomorrow, mostly cloudy and cooler with a few showers possible during the day. The high 79. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 77 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Hot!
0: Home for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
1: Ten nineteen. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show again. I'm pumped up. I always pumped up for Bama football trivia on Friday. But uh, as I said earlier. Jalen Milrow autographed football. And Noah's in there now. Noah, uh, Justin and I were talking about the app and how, because the phone lines are just jammed up every week, how if you download the app, when I ask the trivia question tomorrow, you can actually enter your answer on the app.
2: That's correct. So on our app, on our Titer One Point Nine app, if you look in the top right corner, there's a little like little message, little chat uh, icon, and you click on that. I would go ahead and look at it so you can sort of, because you have to like sign up with your email and everything just so that way we, can confirm you're a real person. So I'd look at that today or whatever, but you just click on that and you can send a message in and we'll be looking at them and seeing your answers and everything.
1: So good. Yeah. Top yeah. right
2: corner, little little chat icon.
1: Yeah, because last week I know when we gave away that awesome print, uh there are a lot of people and, and we can't we can't do it the entire show. It's hard running a contest in there. So we do it for a segment and I had a lot of people tell me, well I tried to get through and I never could get through. Keep trying on the phone lines. But again, you know, if you download the app, like Noah said Look it over, see where that little talk box is. And then tomorrow when I ask the trivia question, if you just want to enter your answer in the app, uh, Noah and and Justin will get it that way too. And it'll allow us to qualify more people because as I said, this is a, this, and I, listen, I've given away uh, Tua signed balls and uh, footballs and AJ McCarron signed footballs and um, Jerry Judy signed footballs. And we've given away signed prints. Um, But again, to have the current, Alabama starting quarterback uh, with a signed Alabama football. I'll be putting out a picture on social media this evening. Uh, It's it's a good prize. All right, let's get to some Nick Saban clips from his uh, press conference on uh, Wednesday evening following practice and uh, the final time that he meets with the local media before the game. Let's start as we always do, Justin, with just his opening comments from Wednesday evening.
9: So, um been pretty pleased with the way the players are um, sort of working this week and preparing for this game Um, sort of challenged them with you know what is your really your priority uh, to be the best player you can be what is your priority to do what you need to do to help the team win and you know if that's your priority then that's what you're doing every day it's not priorities I where it's not always comfortable uh, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you have to overcome adversity. Um, so you got to kind of have to be- have the mental toughness to uh, not let those things get you to back down and to continue to persevere. And I think the players have been doing a pretty good job of that. You know, so far this week, this is obviously a really good team. We're going to play in a tough environment, and um, we're going to need to continue to show a lot of progress so that we'll have a chance to be successful and be able to execute the way we need to to have a chance to uh, win on the road.
1: Saban there with uh, the opening comments yesterday. Let's get to the question on uh, that he was asked about Bobby Petrino's effect on the A&M offense. Of course, Petrino, the high-profile offensive coordinator, Jimbo Fisher, the head coach, had previously been the play caller. But here's Nick Saban being asked about Petrino's effect on a offense.
9: Yeah, you know, I, I think I think you can see it, and uh, but I also think that you know there's philosophically you know some of the things that you know Jimbo likes to do. Uh, I don't think those guys think that differently, uh, but there are you know some things that you know Bobby's done in the past that you see them doing now that they've added to what they do, and uh, it's all very effective.
1: Nick Saban was kind of short and sweet last night, Justin. I remember listening to it, uh, watching it live, and he uh, he got through it uh, got through it pretty pretty quickly. And you heard from the usually his opening comments are a lot longer than that. Let's keep it rolling now with. Um yeah, I mean, we're not even gonna do the one on the transfer portal changes because he hadn't really, he didn't really know about him at the time and couldn't really answer that one. Let's get to Amari Nyblack, the Alabama tight end who is a threat in the passing game. I mean, this is a gifted receiver. Again, I thought he had a touchdown catch against Mississippi State that they never even looked at. They just ruled it out of out of the end zone, and, and lucky he was in the end zone. But here's a Nick Saban on Amari Niblock and his contributions to the offense.
9: Yeah, he's doing great. Uh, he's a really good receiver. He's improved as a blocker. Uh, he's, you know, this year, you know, his confidence and knowledge uh, of the offense and what he's doing, how to do it, why it's important to do it that way is so much better, and I think it's, you know, starting to show up in how productive he is, you know, on the field as a player. Yeah, short and sweet. <laughs> why
1: was he so short last night, Justin? Usually Nick Saban is, is, you know, let's, he'll answer those questions uh, with a little more... Um, a little more insight.
2: Yeah, the whole thing was only like five minutes I know. long.
1: He was one of those moves to get in and get out. All right, let's get to the offensive line. Uh, Alabama has uh, gotten better there. They're big. Uh, now they're playing more physical. The young left tackle, Caden Proctor, is getting some experience. Coach Saban was asked about the uh, play of the offensive line.
9: Well, I think the big day for that is, you know, it's, it's really important. We've been emphasizing it all week, but, you know, tomorrow is always the day that, you know, we practice with noise. Uh, I know the centers and the quarterbacks have worked a little bit extra, you know, on that uh, with noise uh, this week. Uh, but tomorrow will be the day that, you know, we need to, to really go through the whole practice and be able to deal with noise. And then that, that's really when you can see how much it's going to impact the players. Um, so, you know, we've had some issues with the snap count, so hopefully that's not going to be a, a problem for us and we can get that result. Yeah, they got to get that snap count stuff fixed.
1: All right, um, Max Johnson has taken over at quarterback, the LSU transfer veteran guy in this league after Connor Wegman, their talented freshman, got hurt. Here's Coach Saban on A&M quarterback Max Johnson.
9: He's a good player. He's got a lot of experience. He's smart. He makes good decisions. He's been in the system, you know, with with Jimbo for a long time. So, um, you know, he's a veteran player. Uh, I, I, you know, the quarterback that got hurt was a very good player. But, um, you know, he's a very, very good player. He's played well against us in the past and we have a lot of respect for him. So, and and I don't really see a lot of difference in their ability to be productive. Uh, and use the weapons that they have to run the ball effectively as well as, uh, you know, do a good job of passing it.
1: All right, let's go. We got time for uh, um, another clip or two here from Coach Saban. Let's get to, um, well, we are running out of them. We got one more that we can get to. On the pass rush, um, I'm not sure exactly what this clip is about. Adapting the offense versus, I'm not sure this clip what all is in, entails, but this, this entails a lot because I don't hear it says pass rush, adapting offense versus speeding up. So let's just run it, uh, Justin, and see what Coach Saban has to say on this one.
9: Well, I think it's a combination of both. I think we got to do a, a, a much better job of having a firm pocket and protecting the quarterback against really good pass rushers. And I also think, you know, it's important that we get the ball out of our hand on time so that we don't give them an opportunity to um, affect us. So it's, it's really a combination of both. And it's a combination of the receivers getting open, uh, playing fast, so that uh, we can make quick decisions about what we do and how we get rid of the ball. All
1: right, I got it. It was just about protecting against that fierce Texas A&M pass rush and Alabama's offensive line is going to be tested both in the passing game and in the run game. That, that defense is a front for A&M now. They're, they're the real deal. I mean, 15 tackles for loss in the last two games, which is just unheard of. So it'll be a challenge for the OL. All right. Uh, it is uh, just about time to get to the break, but uh, I need to mention a couple more of my uh, good sponsors, one of which is the Brick and Spoon downtown tuscaloosa Timberson Square. Breakfast, brunch, lunch. Man, I'm telling you, I'm in there a lot. I love it. You will, too, open until 2 o'clock in the afternoon every day, seven days a week. All right, we're going to be back with uh, Jeff Spiegel, host of The Zone, ABC 3340, next right here on the Gary Show.
0: Hey, Crimson covering University of Alabama sports, as well as the national and local scene as well. The Gary Harris Show, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
1: Back into the Gary Harris show, and uh, it's time for our pal Jeff Spiegel, longtime sports anchor, ABC 3340 host of the Zone, and uh, joins us every Thursday here to talk uh, some ball here on the program. What's going on, Jeff? Well, Gary, I'm pumping gas right
7: now. You just had a commercial about gasoline. It's 3:09, so I'm like doing my happy dance today. <laughs> but while I am pumping while I am pumping gas, I don't know if you know this, Gary. You're not supposed to talk on your cell phone while you pump gas.
1: Well, I well, do I know that money. and that's that's I, uh
7: I don't know if this goes along the same lines as pulling the tag off mattresses or not but
1: yeah <laughs> well hopefully you'll be done pumping gas soon i tell you what we'll, we'll get into all the big weekend coming up but i want to start sure. off by asking you about the uh fighting rich rods otherwise known as the jacksonville state gamecocks my gosh man uh, yeah. they haven't lost a conference game since the guy's been the head coach and moving up to conference usa and i know they're not eligible for the championship but i think the feeling was well they'll be in a little over their head not so fast um at uh, Murfreesboro last night, down 23-7 to at the half to the Middleton State, Tennessee State Blue Raiders. I thought the game was over. Not only was it not over, JSU wound up kind of blowing them out. 38-7 to in the second <laughs> yeah. half. They win 45-30. I mean, this guy, I know they're loving him up in Northeast Alabama because these Gamecocks, man, um, they're playing some good football.
7: Yeah, they really are. I told people yesterday at 6 that the game was coming up at 7, and I said, look, if they get behind, don't turn off the TV. Because you you never give up on this team. Because they were down two touchdowns at Sam Houston State and came back and and won that game in overtime. And then, you know, as you mentioned, last night, down 23-7, to and MTSU looked like, you know, they were in control. Now the Blue Raiders helped them out a little bit, turning the ball Mm -hmm. over and and all of that. But, you know, when someone helps you, you've got to accept that help. And uh, not only did they accept that help and turn those turnovers into points, they scored a they set up a touchdown with a pick by one of the uh one of the big fellas uh Chris Hardy and then uh you know Charlie uh, Brown with the uh with the with a scoop and score I mean it w- it was just amazing what they've done those last two road games and and they have definitely gotten the attention of all the other teams in conference USA without a doubt
1: Yeah 3 and 0 oh in the league and Jeff uh... You know, you're my go-to guy outside of, uh, of Alabama and Auburn for all the other schools around the state. I am correct, right? They're not eligible for the conference championship or a bowl game this year. Is that right?
7: Yeah, I believe that is correct. I, I think there's like a compliance, like a mm-hmm. transitional year, you know, of some sort. I'd certainly have to get that verified by Josh Underwood. But I'm I've heard that from more than one source.
1: Yeah, I think that's correct. But what a shame because you know they're they're all of a sudden in the hunt here. Uh, but good good for JSU and and you know listen we've discussed him before. And of course you got a high profile coach now uh, with Trent Dilfer at, at UAB. But in Rich Rodriguez's case, it's not just high profile. I mean, say what you want about him not taking the Alabama job and and and. Failing at Michigan, but he did an unbelievable job at West Virginia. He did coach at the University of Michigan. I mean, this was a this was a coup when JSU hired Rich Rodriguez, and it's certainly working out because he's doing a marvelous job. And when you're making the transition into to um, to FBS, to have a guy that has the resume of of Rich Rodriguez, pretty good deal for Jacksonville State, and it's worked out well
7: yeah and he's not one of these guys who's just kind of coasting. you know he's taking this job and and he's just kind of he's kind of mailing it in on the sidelines. I mean, you know, last night they were ahead, they had taken the lead, and it looked like it was you know fairly comfortable. you know, I think they're up thirty eight twenty three in fact and he's chewing out the offensive line I mean just ripping them you know up one side and down the other. So this guy loves to coach, he holds these guys accountable. And these guys play hard for him. And I'll tell you, you know, several weeks ago, Gary, when we talked about these midweek games, we talked about how huge that was for Jacksonville State to take advantage of that exclusive time that they have on TV and put on a good show. And look, this is going to be, this is going to be big for the program. It's going to be big for student enrollment. Jacksonville State is an incredible, incredible school. And the more and more they're on T V and the more and more they win and the more and more people talk about Jacksonville State, the more and more the kids are gonna discover that as an alternative to uh to going to an Alabama or an Auburn or a UAB.
1: Yeah, well good for JSU because it's uh it's exciting what they're doing. All right, let's get our attention to the Tuesdays, SEC.
7: And Go I'm ahead, sorry, Gary, the next two Tuesdays they're at home. And oh, wow. uh, and those are those are gonna be on, you know, T V as well. So uh I uh, didn't mean to interrupt you there, but I wanted to add that. I think they play Liberty
1: next Tuesday, I believe. Yeah, okay, absolutely. No, that'll be a big one, too, because <laughs> Liberty, you know, they may be the best team in CUSA, so that's going to be kind of a showdown. All right, let's get to um – you know, last week was a all SEC versus SEC weekend, and and we had some some great games. Uh, since Auburn is on bye, let me ask you about that that Auburn Georgia game. Now, I, everybody keeps saying, "Well, if they didn't have Brock Bowers, but they got Brock Bowers, <laughs> you know that's that's why that's why a lot of <laughs> yeah. times you're good is because you have these guys." But you know, I give it up for to Auburn. I thought I thought Freeze had a really good plan. Uh, he, you know. Understanding right now that they're not a great passing team, but man, he drew up some really good quarterback runs, and and the defense played well, and and they had a shot there against Georgia. I know it, now. Listen, there are no moral victories in the SEC, and if you're if you're playing close is enough for you, then you're not ever going to get to the top. Auburn is about winning championships. They've proven they can do it in the past, but still, it was a nice effort by the Tigers against uh, the number one ranked Georgia Bulldogs.
7: They really did, Gary, and the Auburn fans were pumped up, and, and they realized that, you know, they were very close to pulling off a shocker there because, you know, of the nine incompletions that uh, Peyton Thorne threw, I mean, six of the passes hit, the guy, hit guys in the hands. Now, you know, that may have been a tad high. That may have been a touch long. There was a deep ball that I felt like a guy could have come up with. There was a fourth and one at the Georgia 12, and the score was tied at 10, and you could go, well, you know, Hugh, you, you, you got to kick field goal there. You know, you got to get the points. Well, you know, he knows that field goals are not going to win that football game. He's got to score touchdowns. So he went for it on fourth and one there. And the, the, the snap to the throw was high. And it threw off the timing of the whole play. And they didn't get the first down. So that was big. And then Georgia does what number one teams do. In the third quarter, they went on like a 98-yard drive. And they fixed the turnover problem. They had a couple of turnovers that Auburn turned into, uh, into 14 points. And, uh, you know, Auburn was following the recipe of pulling off an upset, but Georgia did what championships teams do. And I will look, you know how much I love Bo Nicks. I think Bo Nicks should win the Heisman. Brock Bowers should be second because Brock Bowers is one of the top college football players in America.
1: Yeah, he is. And, and, Jeff, I don't know what the deal is. Uh, There seems to be some people, because he's a tight end, that don't want to acknowledge the fact that the guy shouldn't just be a Heisman Trophy candidate. In my opinion, he is a Heisman Trophy candidate, right? I mean, if we look at this Heisman Trophy for what it's supposed to be, shouldn't Bowers be in the conversation? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, the, the guy
7: had two catches for nine yards in the first half, but in the second half, he had 148 yards on six catches and and you know one complaint that i did hear from the auburn fans after the game was well why couldn't we cover that guy a lot of teams have had trouble covering brock bowers why couldn't we tackle him a lot of people have had trouble tackling brock bowers why couldn't we catch him a lot of people <laughs> have been outrun by brock bowers he's the total package to me i think he's a travis kelsey 2.0 what travis kelsey should do is marry taylor swift retire from the nfl and then the Chiefs should draft Brock Bowers. That's my master plan.
1: <laughs> oh Lord. We I mean the the Taylor Swift Travis Kelsey relationship. Justin comes up again. The the Swifties are the Swifties are out in force. Speaks is a Swifty now. Um, let's get to to Alabama and A and M because I I'm, I don't know if you agree with me or not. I mean there are a lot of big games in this league. I mean every week it's a big game, but in this instance, I mean, it really is a big game. Alabama and a m are the only two teams unbeaten in the SEC West. Uh, the winner of this game, by no means guaranteed a slot or a spot in Atlanta, will have a leg up. And for Alabama, it's a chance to kind of hush the naysayers. And for A&M, Jeff, I've been saying this all week. If you're an A&M fan, you're saying, if not now, when? If we can't do it now with the way we recruited the last few years, with the defensive front that we have, with Bobby Petrino calling our offense, Max Johnson steady at quarterback, knowing that A&M and Oklahoma, pardon me, that Oklahoma and Texas are coming in the league next year, it's going to get even tougher. If if I'm an A&M fan, I'm saying now is the time. We got Bama at home. We got a chance to get a leg up. Uh, this is a huge football game.
7: Yeah, and don't forget, you have one of the most dynamic receivers in the league and an IS fifth as well.
1: And he's got, he's, he's uh, made it personal. And he's made it personal.
7: <laughs> he's got a man on for Nick Saban, for sure. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, look, and I was wrong. I thought week five, the Jimbo-Bobby Petrino thing would have blown up by now, but it hasn't. I mean, it's really clicked. And then, you know, Max Johnson comes in, and he's not your typical backup quarterback. I mean, the guy played at LSU significant minutes. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, put a scare in Alabama, you know, two years ago at Brian Denny. And so, and he's a lefty. I mean, don't don't discount, you know, that fact that, you know, lefties can, you know, cause you a few issues. And as you mentioned from the outset, that the big thing with A&M right now is their defensive front. You know, Auburn fans were like aghast as to how they could get, shut down you know so easily uh in college station you know a couple of weeks ago but a&m's front is elite and their defense is you know incredible now the one thing alabama's got going for them is they got got they got a really good defense too and so the way i see this game playing out is like maybe several years ago and i don't know i think uh uh who was it that had a pick six? It was Sinceri, Vinny so Sinceri. Sinceri
1: back in more. uh yeah, twenty thirteen, the year after the uh sure. the Johnny Manziel game, right?
7: I could see I could see Alabama mucking up this game and making it kind of ugly and and winning a game that somewhere in the neighborhood of thirteen to ten or sixteen to thirteen or something like that. Uh I expect it to be a low scoring game. I'll be shocked if it's not because both defenses are playing at such a high level. And, uh, you know, and, and I mean, you could say the jury's still out in Alabama's office, but you could say that. Although, you know, Milrow played, I thought, a very efficient game last Saturday, 10 of 12 for 164, and then he ran for a couple of touchdowns. So I think Alabama's offense is getting it together, but this is going to be a very similar challenge to the one that Texas brought when they came to Bryant-Denny Stadium, because you've got a really, really good defense. This offensive line has got to bow up and step up and, and play up to their level and then some.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. So who do you like, Jeff?
7: I like Alabama. I do. I think it's gonna play out like I like I thought it would. They probably won't cover. You know what what no 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 wait a minute. It's a two point spread now, right?
1: Yeah, two, two and a half, something like that. Yeah. Is it
7: two? Well I think they will cover. It could come down to a, a Riker field goal. Could come down to a record field goal when it was an A and M field goal two years ago. So and there's no more clutch kicker in America right now than Will
1: Rogers. Yeah, that's a fact. Twenty-two in a row. I think he's made going back to last year. All right, Georgia is good. We know that they're going for three in a row, but you know, struggled at home against South Carolina, struggled on the road against uh, against Auburn, and now give them credit—they won those games. But Kentucky rolls in with some confidence, especially with the running game. You know, Ray Davis. Uh, popped Florida for 300 and just absolutely ran through them like a, like a butter knife through, you know, warm butter. Uh, but Kentucky can't really throw the football, or at least hasn't been able to throw the football. Uh, I don't know if they can line up and shove it down Georgia's throat the way they did Florida. How do you see this one playing out?
7: Well, it's Georgia, and they, uh, and they tackle really, really well. Mm-hmm. They tackle a lot better than Florida does. And another thing, too, there are some teams who just, can't beat the other team. I mean, they're they're in their head so bad. Uh Mississippi State is that way with Alabama. I remember what coach Leach said last year about, you want to scare my football team, put an Alabama jersey on somebody and and you know, yell boo or whatever. Right. Uh that scares them. And Kentucky's the same way against Georgia. They're 12-62 and 1 is the series record for Kentucky against Georgia. Mark Stoops is 0 and 10 against Georgia. Uh Kentucky can't beat Georgia. They can't they can't beat them. And so it's not going to happen this year. I don't know if it's going to happen the next year or the next year or the year after that. But uh Kentucky's not going to beat Georgia. No chance.
1: No chance, B, says Justin. He didn't he didn't say might have a little bit of a chance or Tim. No chance. Okay. All right. No. Another really interesting cover. game, Jeff, is is LSU at Mizzou. Um, Missouri is a team that I think we just keep all feeling like they're going to be exposed. Their, their schedule's backloaded, But at the same time, right now, they're 5-0, overall, 5-0 overall and overall and 1-0 in the SEC. And they got an LSU team that can't stop running water right now uh, coming into Como this weekend.
7: Yeah, and you got an LSU team that, that also has some tackling issues too. And I don't know if they can solve that in seven days. I mean, after five weeks, you, you, you probably are who you are. You know, and uh, and so, I mean, let's just face it, LSU just may be an average football team, especially on defense. And Missouri is, you know, throwing it, catching it pretty well. And you're right. They're the most underrated, unrespected uh, 5-0 and team in America, even though they cracked the top 25, you know, this week. So, you know, I, I expect Missouri to win that game. You know, it's time for them to uh, show me. You know, it is the show me state, I think. And uh, to to show me something else, yeah, you're five and zero. Let's let's be the team that maybe some people don't think you can be. And uh, so I think it's going to be Missouri's opportunity to do, to do that, and I think they will.
1: Yeah, you said um, LSU average on defense; they might not even be that, Jeff. With that performance yeah. down against Ole Miss. Speaking of Ole Miss, good for Kiffin. Um, you know, he 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 needed a win like that. And uh, I was talking with Ellis Johnson earlier, Jeff, and I want to get your response. You know, I know everybody in coaching business is about process and all this, but listen, it's a results. At the end of the day, it is about results. And think about the difference in Oxford, Mississippi, by Ole Miss getting that stop at the end of the game, as opposed to if LSU scored a touchdown there, they might have ran Kiffin and Golding instead of rushing the field. They might have. They might have. Uh, yeah, taking Kiffin and Golding hostage and, 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 and drove him out of town and dropped him off on a secluded uh, dirt road somewhere. Huge win for Kiffin and Ole Miss.
7: Well, sure, and he was he had a really bad run of SEC games leading up to that point. I think he had lost five of his previous six, and there were people wondering, well, what have you what have done? I mean, you run your mouth a lot. You're on Twitter a lot, but what have you done? What have you done on the field that's of any you know importance whatsoever? And so, so that was a big win, and yeah, it cost them one hundred seventy-five thousand dollars. But I mean, you know, I'm sure they'll take it. You know, they'll shell out that money and uh, and and be thankful for that victory and and kind of move on.
1: All right, uh, you're my UAB go-to guy, and uh, you know, four losses in a row. They did they did show some guts and and heart at Georgia. Uh, you knew Tulane was going to be a tough game at Tulane. But now they host South Florida on Saturday afternoon. UAB needs a win, Jeff.
7: Well, and look what South Florida, Gary, has done oh, since uh, getting beat by Alabama. I know. they're—they're—they're I mean, they're, they're, a pretty they're, good football team.
1: They are a pretty good football team. You're doggone right. That, yeah.
7: that, that win is looking better and better every week, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. But, yeah, they're the number one team in the AAC. And, and uh, you know, UAB still got some issues on the defensive side of the football and you know, they've, they've got to fix some stuff. This is a big week. I'm heading over there right now, as a matter of fact. It's the Children's Harbor game. All of the uh, patients and the families are going to meet the players who going to oh, be cool. wearing yeah. the names on the back of their jerseys this Saturday. It's a very emotional game for Trent Dilfer who lost his son Trevin at the age of five years old back in 2003 due to heart disease. Just so an emotional game for Trent, you know, uh, having to see all these kids today and Um, So their guys are going to play hard, but, you know, they, they need to get a win to, to, you know, kind of please these fans too, because it's a four game losing streak. And uh, they got to get this thing turned around Saturday and protect it for sure. All
1: right, Jeff, I know you got to go. Finally though, the Braves, uh, worst case scenario for the Braves. Listen, they're the best team in baseball, so it shouldn't be, but not only do they have to face the Phillies, but the Phillies sweep. Um, So they're going to, be able to save their pitching doesn't start until Saturday. We know what happened last year. We've seen a lot of times the Braves where they had great teams in the '90s and couldn't get out of the playoffs. This is going to be a tough divisional series against the Phillies. Uh, do you like the Braves to get past uh, past Philadelphia this year? Unlike last I year, I don't.
7: I don't. I like the Phillies in seven.
1: Oh gosh, the
7: Phillies are on a mission. The Phillies are on a mission, and they've been uh, they've been hungry. They've been pointing to this ever since the end of last year. So I like the Phillies to win in seven.
1: So you're telling me it's going to be another wasted Atlanta Braves hundred plus win season. That's what you're telling me.
7: Well, but you know I've been wrong before, and, <laughs> and you know it, it could I could be wrong this time. But I think I love the look in the Phillies' eyes right now.
1: All right, what's uh, coming up, Sunny Island Zone?
7: Well, gosh. And I always look forward to breaking it down with uh, with Doug and Ryan. So Sunday at ten thirty five on ABC thirty three forty. Gary, appreciate the plug.
1: Thanks, Jeff. Enjoy the press conference. All right, ten right, fifty right. here on the Gary Harris Show. We're going to come back and uh, and uh, wrap it up. We got one more segment to go here on this uh, Thursday edition. So you keep it dialed in, and we'll uh, we'll have some more entertaining content for you, including Evan Neal not making any friends. In New York City, and that's not where you want to have a lot of enemies. He's got them now. Not that the fact that he was playing poorly about it already. Had them. He said something now that woo he got those Giants fans worked up into a tizzy, into a lather. We'll tell you what he said. The former Alabama offensive tackle next, right here on the Gary Hair Show on the next
0: Inside the Locker Room with Coach Wimp Sanderson and Barry Sanderson.
1: Tune in Thursday, 7.30. J.C. Sherberton Jonas will go around the SEC. Also, Jack Crow will be with us the entire 8 o'clock hour. So tune in to Inside the Locker Room.
0: Inside the Locker Room, weekdays 7 to 9 a.m. on Tide 100.9 and Tide100.9.com.
1: This as as free as evolved. It will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend to reminisce on college days or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to The Free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meat and Three special. Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m. Get a Meat and Three vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch soup, salad, or sandwich combo. I'll see you at The Free. Tide 100.9.
3: Tuscaloosa weather. Clouds increasing today. The high for this afternoon around 83. For tonight, mostly cloudy, the chance of a shower after midnight below 66. For tomorrow, mostly cloudy and cooler with a few showers possible during the day, the high 79. I'm James Spam of the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 78 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
0: Need to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Then subscribe to our YouTube channel for exclusive content on your home for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9
6: app.
1: All right, 1054. Again, a reminder, tomorrow morning, uh, special uh, Friday TGIF edition, of course, of the show and Bama Football Trivia, giving away that Jalen Milrow signed football, courtesy of T-Town Menswear and T-Town Gallery University Mall. Make sure you tune in or download that app, Todd109 app. You can answer our trivia question on the app. Go ahead and get it downloaded, get in your information, your email, so we know you're legit and you can uh, answer that way. Hey, let's jump out on the uh, first and main hotline before we close out the show and our pal Joseph is uh, is ready to roll. Hey, Joseph. What's up, Gary? Another day in paradise, buddy. What you got? Got a couple of minutes, man, so you got to make your point quick.
8: Do you think Jalen Burrow is good enough to win Alabama national
1: championship? Yeah, I do. If the team around him uh, plays the way they're supposed to play, and uh, I'm certainly not predicting that, but I think that this team, if it plays to its potential, and I don't even want to say win a national championship because that's hard to do. Bryce Young didn't win one. uh, Tua didn't win one as a starter. uh, Jalen Hurts didn't win one as a starter. But I think if... He plays his best football, and this team gets better. They could be in a position to be in the in the hunt for one, and that's all you can ask. Only one team's going to win it, but yeah, I do. Well,
8: hey, I mean, Tua did win a national championship,
1: man. He came off the bench to win one. I said he didn't win one as a starting quarterback. Jalen Hurts didn't win one as a starting quarterback. Bryce Young didn't win one as a starting quarterback. They all got rings, but it's hard. It's hard to do. Tua won one playing a second half. He had a two years <laughs> as a starter. He didn't win a. He didn't win a national championship.
4: Well, from, uh, from, my, from where he's
8: playing now, Gary, and, and good as sewer and Bryce and Mack and all them work, you know, he's not going play nowhere close to good as them quarterbacks. I don't see how he gets one. I really don't. Well,
1: we know, man. You have told me that many times. And listen, the odds are in your favor. I'll give you that. Because like I said, only one quarterback is going to win a national championship. Only one team is going to win a national championship. They're hard to win. But I think this I think if he continues to improve and the team continues to improve and they get to Atlanta, to play for an SEC championship, then they're in the hunt. That's all you can ask. You can't predict that a team's going to win a national championship well, ever.
8: I go as far as this Gary. How many dual threat quarterbacks have won Super Bowls or have won that championship?
1: Not very many. All right. Well, I don't have it in front of me, but I tell you this: there's a lot of dual threat quarterbacks that uh, are are really good, uh, are really good players, and really good players in the NFL. I mean, about the only one I
8: know to do it is. It's
1: Patrick Mahomes. Well, Hertz made it last year, and they came within about thirty seconds of doing it. So, um, you know, different ways to skin a cat, my friend. All right, we'll see what happens. We got to get out of here. Thanks, buddy. All uh, right, no problem. Buddy. All right, Justin. Um, and um, what did you have for? Did you have something for me, Justin? I was just adding in Russell Wilson
2: won a Super Bowl. That's a dual threat. Quarterback.
1: Yeah, yeah. So anyway, but uh, all right, we got to close it out. This hour has been brought to you by Patterson Comer Attorneys at Law. Again, uh, catch me on TV tonight with your local sports on WVUA 23. Then back here tomorrow for the TGIF edition, we're going to have some fun. SEC point spread predictions, Bama football trivia, giving away the Jalen Milrow autograph football. Uh, Hopefully Adam Amin will be able to join us tomorrow. His schedule has been – he's had some conflicts lately, but uh, we'll hopefully get him on. We'll have the Auburn report with Brett Pritchard and uh, have another great show for you on tap tomorrow. Again, a reminder that – Tide 100.9 is your home for the 30K workday payday. You can't win if you don't play. Grab another code at the beginning of the next hour. Miller's Edge with Corey and Kristen Miller coming up next. For Justin Jones, I'm Gary Harris. Have a great day, everybody. Talk to you again in the morning at 9 a.m.
0: Thank you for listening to The Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports.
6: You know. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.